For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.
in the nation of Israel. See, kind of how that how does that fit in the church and also in the United States, the country that you and I live in? And how do we reconcile these principles that we see, these concepts in Scripture? There's more than one way to, to, to gain knowledge from the Word of God. In other words, we know the, the, the literal meaning of these Scriptures are dealing with national Israel. There's no doubt. But they do have application. I want us to understand that. And we'll see here that God gives Israel a promise of national restoration under, under an eternal and righteous king. They got out of his favor by following leaders who were bad. And we'll see here in Ezekiel the contrast between these bad leaders that brought them the trouble they had and the good leader, the good shepherd, who brings in an eternal king. Now, one of the questions we may ask as believers in the world today is, should Christians be civic-minded? Should they be? National leaders come and go, right? But world conditions seem to stay pretty much the same. Or if anything, they get a little worse, don't they? Christians know that the only real hope for ultimate justice and lasting peace on earth is in the future reign of Jesus Christ. In the meantime, we're divided as to how and how much we should be involved in politics and or government. The Bible has quite a bit to say about civil governments and authorities. And Ezekiel 34 is just such a passage. Before we begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be here with this people here today. They're your people, Lord. Father, as we look into your word, I as your servant, Lord, need the anointing of your spirit communicate your word to your people. And Lord, they need your anointing to receive your word, not my word. Father, give them wisdom and understanding. Illuminate our thinking, O oh God. Speak to us, Lord, what you'd have us to do and how you'd have us to be. Father, I thank you for doing that, Lord. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now we'll look at two basic principles today in Ezekiel 34. God and the shepherds. And secondly, God and the sheep. We'll start with God and the shepherds. In Ezekiel 34, the first six verses, we have these words penned by the prophet. And it's kind of unique how he starts off. And, and before I begin reading that, I'll preface it by saying this. You know that wonderful uh, phrase we hear in, in Isaiah, uh, translated into the King James, Thus saith the Lord. Yes, Lord. Thus saith the Lord. And Ezekiel, his theme is the Word of the Lord came unto me. The Word of the Lord came unto me. And what's significant about that is if you look at the Hebrew, and I'm not, I don't speak Hebrew, probably you don't either, but we can look it up. Amen. And you hear preachers refer to the Hebrew or the Greek text many times, is that it literally gives a little more light on that because the Word of the Lord is a person. And His name is Jesus. And uh, so when we hear this, the word of the Lord, or thus saith the Lord, these prophets, and we talked last week about Amos, and he was considered, and is considered one of the minor prophets, not minor in his message, but 
and the scope of his ministry. This is Ezekiel, one of the major prophets, okay? Uh, along with Isaiah and Daniel, some of the other big, the big guns. And what was a prophet uh, in the Old Testament? Uh, it was a man who the Holy Spirit would come upon that man and would speak through that man and, and the words that he spoke would be listened to and hearkened to as if it was God Himself because it really was God speaking through that prophet. Uh, the New Testament, uh, we don't have that same type of uh, ministry. It's a little bit different. We have actually a better uh, ministry through Christ. But God used the prophets, uh, and when I say prophets, I mean the Old Testament prophets in a very unique way. They, they wrote Scripture. Um, my abilities are not that far advanced. <laughs> I don't write Scripture. I just I, 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 I preach what God has already given. Amen? But these are powerful uh, ministry uh, gifts in, the, in that these men spoke on behalf of God. And in, in verse 1 we have these words. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God. You think God is trying to get through to some group of people here? The shepherds. Who are the shepherds here? Most all commentaries are unanimous in that he's talking about the leadership of Israel. These would be the political the people who run the country. Amen? And he's speaking to these people. He said, this is what I'm going to say. I'm prophes- I want you to prophesy Ezekiel against them. And I wouldn't want to have been one of the shepherds being prophesied against. Because when God says, I'm going to set my face against you, you in deep trouble. Hello? He said, prophesy against them. What did these men do uh, to get God to say these words to them. Well, let's read on. He says, Thus says the Lord, Ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not your shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. They became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. God had called these men to be shepherds. It, it was a ministry. It, you know, our Civic leaders today are, are called to serve the people. Our religious leaders, our, our church leaders, and pastors. And we have the fivefold apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. We're called to be servants of the people. And nowhere are we, or, or civic leaders, or, or church leaders, called to rule over the people. Amen. And that's what was happening. The people were being taken from, they were being used by their own shepherds. Instead of the shepherds feeding the people, caring for them, um, helping them to uh, to grow and to be healthy, they were actually slaughtering them. They were actually taking from them. You know, what What do... Notice he uses the agricultural, if that's the proper term, maybe it's animal husbandry, but shepherds and sheep. And this is a common theme in the Bible. You know, you can go back to the Psalm, 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my 
shepherd. Amen. He, he leads us. He guides us. He comforts us. Amen. He feeds us. And, and it will give us good pasture and still want us to drink from. Amen. And then we see the New Testament. Jesus said, You are my sheep, and my sheep hear my Amen. And, and He gives us the parable of the, the, the one sheep that got astray that He went after, left the 99 to get the one. Amen. Jesus is the good shepherd. Amen. So these are very biblical terms we're using here. But sheep are, are, are the people. And this represents in this prophecy literally the whole house of Israel. The whole house of Israel. But it, it, it represents us too as the church. We're sheep too. It also represents the people of a nation. People are like sheep having gone astray. All we are like sheep, Isaiah said. Isn't that correct? Yes. Who's not gone astray? The Lord, Isaiah 53, laid on Christ the iniquity of us all. Amen? We're like sheep. He likens the human race, we'll see that as we move along, to sheep. Now you say, well, what, 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 uh, is, he, is that a put down? No. He is the shepherd, we are the sheep. He cares for us. Now notice the song we sing oftentimes in our praise and worship services has to do with we are the sheep of his, he's the sheep of his pasture, of his hand. Amen. And he, he leads, he guides, he provides for us. Now sheep do things. They do good things too. I mean, they provide wool. They have a, a, a purpose. Amen. They provide things when they're healthy and cared for they produce and you benefit from that produce they, they have you know he talks about uh, they have meat amen they're used for food they also have milk they, they make people make cheese from that and he's talking about how the, they were being exploited for the benefit of the Shepherds that were overseeing it. You know, I look at our nation today. Do we not have leaders that exploit the people in this country? Unfortunately. Um, think about it. Was it just a few months back Congress passed uh, a, a pay raise for themselves? Did you hear about that? And is, am I wrong? Help me for a minute. Am I wrong? Is this the same Congress that hadn't passed any legislation all year? And yet they will get a raise? When they were talking about repealing the Affordable Health Care Act, uh, they've been saying for seven years that they were going to replace it, repeal it, and replace it. Do you remember that? The unanimous, we're going to repeal it and replace it. Well, last month they had the chance to do that. They have a majority. What did they do? Did they repeal it? They did nothing. Now one of the plans that was proposed to replace it, that they had proposed, notice in the plan, plain English, Congress is exempt from the Affordable Health Care Act. In other words, it's for you, but we're not going to have to be subject to that. Do you see a problem there? What do they call that in plain English? Unrighteousness, sin, treason, you know. I mean, it's bad, hello. They are looking out for themselves at your expense. And really, that's what Israel's leaders were doing. They were becoming rich, rich at the expense of the people. 
Now you know, you see this in the religious world as well. If you are a, uh, you watch the big guys on TV, and you all know that I don't, and I have, I haven't. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. But these guys, um, and again, I, I'm not going to jump on the guy like they did on Facebook and uh, let God be the judge. Amen. Well, you know, when, a, when, a, when preachers live in $30 million mansions, fly around in multi-million dollar airplanes, you know, they're not preachers of the gospel. These are, these are businessmen. Hello? You hear what I'm saying? Uh, let's just call a duck a duck. So what are they doing? They're, they are taking from the people. How do they get that money? Now, folks, you, you're hot today. You are. You're right on We, we think for a moment, these folks get mad at the preachers, okay? Call them all kind of names. Did you all see some of that on Facebook over the old Steen? Here's what I would say. Why do you send them money? Right. They don't really work. You will blame him. He's just taking, he's just going to the bank with your check. If you stop sending money, what happens to his million dollar man? He goes and lives in a house like you do. So who's the real call? Who's the, but anyway, we're talking about leaders bad and good. And uh, what we have to see here is Israel had gotten themselves in a situation because their leaders were exploiting the people. They were feeding themselves. That's my first point of emphasis. Secondly, we see God is against them. Look at verse 7. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord, Surely, because my sheep have become a prey or victim, and my sheep have become food for the wild beasts since there was no shepherd, because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but my shepherds have fed themselves, have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at your hand. In other words, what you've done to my sheep, I'm going to re- you will stand in judgment over them. Because of what you've done. I'm against you. He says, I'm against the shepherds and I will require my sheep in their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths and they may not be food for them. They're not going to be devoured by these shepherds any longer. You know, I think what we're seeing happening, and I know that, uh, you know, I'm not God. I can't predict the future. I'm not going to try. But I do see something in America that, that, that there's a great possibility. Do you see a turning in America at all? Is it all bad? Tony, is it all doom and gloom? Do you think there's some good? Yeah, I, do you see some things happening? Well, we see that, absolutely. That's the main, and, and Ezekiel's going to actually mention that. But. Here's the point. Not only that, but but I do see where people are beginning to rally around our leaders that are trying to do what's right. Do you see that? I, I do. I mean, that's good. That's a good thing. I, I mean, it's been months that I, I look at the, the the world of our leadership, and I'm like, man, this is this is hopeless. This is bad. But you know, here's a man. Think about it for a minute. That they said was an ignorant man. But don't they don't they call him an ignoramus? Huh? Don't they say he's not fit for office? Huh? 
You know, God specializes in using people like that. I mean, just look at me. <laughs> I mean, but you know, I'm serious. Here's a guy. He's, he's, he's nobody. But yet, he's performing. Where was Obama when, when the when the tornado, when the uh, hurricane hit up in New Jersey and New York in uh, Governor Christie's uh, few years ago? He was on the golf course, if you remember. His wife was nowhere to be seen. Yet they criticized his wife when she showed up. And she was wearing. Did you see the high heels she was wearing? And they saw that. They criticized her for wearing. She was there. Is that good enough? Hello. Well, he didn't. He didn't respond fast enough. He didn't. Well, he didn't show up at all. Bush didn't show up. At all. He flew over a few months later, looking at the devastation. He's down there. They got pictures of him kissing babies. Some of them have people like babies. Hello. Uh-huh. You didn't hear me and I was saying anything about that. That's, 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 he, he's a racist, isn't he? After all, he's a racist. He was shaking hands with the guy, the black congressman, who met him there, getting off the plane, who wrote articles of impeachment on Trump. Did you see that? Trump went out and shook the man's hand. Slapped him on the back, said, we're going to help you out, man. We're going to do everything we can. And the black man stood there and said, thank you, sir. What are you going to say? Well, think about it for me. Here's a man. You don't seem to hold a grudge. Somebody demeans you and comes up against you. He's turning the other cheek. And it's not what we say. It's what we do. It's our fruit. He's, I'm seeing good fruit in leadership right at the moment. Contrasting with some very bad fruit that I've seen, and I'm not talking about the the, uh, the Democrat side. I mean, I've seen Republican end of this bad all across the board. I mean, God pays attention. And there's always a payday coming. Now, you know, we talked about it. It's, it's been a year ago. A year ago. I gave a certain talk about the witchcraft, the child molestation, all of that. They're headed for trial. Did you know that 3,000 government-affiliated pedophiles have been arrested since Trump took office? No. You don't hear the mainstream media, mainstream media, I call them the mainstream media, they don't say a word. 3,000 arrested. He's shutting down these sanctuary cities, defunding them. And they're they're like stepping on a, a rat. They're just screaming and hollering as he steps on them. But he's stepping on them. Thank you, Jesus. Well, what we see is a contract. We need that. Amen? Yes. God hears the prayer of the, those who are oppressed. He hears the prayer of those who are down. And He raises up leadership in response to that. Now, we, we have seen... Leaders come and go. Again, as I said in my introduction. And do you know the leadership that we have, had, and do have is what we deserve? Did you know that? Oftentimes what we deserve. We're seeing God moving in mercy right now. I believe that. Will it change the the outcome? Uh, It may ultimately stay the hand of God's judgment. Amen. If people turn. Ultimately it will come. 
But we know that if we do our part, God will intervene. But we see here, God is against them. And He says, I'm going to rescue my sheep from them, from their mouths, that they're not devoured. And pray. Do you know, these men that we have ruling over, whether it's the church, whether it's the nation, and I'm not talking about Germany or France or Britain. I don't live there. I live here. The church should be relevant to the society that we're in. Hello? We're called to be what? Light and salt. We're supposed to affect the society. Not be absorbed by it. Amen? Affect the society. We're to be witnesses for Christ. His ambassadors in a lost world. That's why we're here. But God takes note of what leaders are doing. We've seen the corruption. You know, the big uh, the fellow, uh, Congressman Menendez, the Democrat, who finally they got him on charges, and he's looking at prison time right now. Not a word in the mainstream media. Why? Because he's one of them. They don't even mention it. Just look it up. Go home and look it up. It's there. A homosexual relationship with an underage boy or what? I mean, that's, that's pretty criminal, isn't it? Hello? Uh, he's going to prison. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So we need to protect our children. Come on now. No matter who it is that's exploiting them. And uh, we see the multiplied thousands of dollars that went to the Clinton Foundation for the hurricane in Haiti a few years back. Never reached Haiti. Well, where did it go? Into the Clinton coffers. Nothing is done. Exploit. God sees that. Hello. So we're going to pray. We're going to. We took up an. We're going to take up one at the end of the service, and we'll take. Well, I know this uh, very little notice, but we'll take up another one. And uh, our treasurer here, Sister Alice, will will count that up and send it uh, through the assemblies of God. Okay, to uh, the Houston Relief Fund for for the hurricane. We'll do what we can as a people. Amen. And. and Send something there in the name of the Lord that hopefully will help somebody in need. And uh, we, we want to be careful in the world we're in today because uh, we've seen some of these organizations take uh, your, benefic- your, your bene- benefactor, <laughs> I'm messing this one up, uh, your benevolent uh, care on behalf of others and you and misuse the fund. And we're not going to have that. We're going to send it through our, our own organization and it will get there uh, in, in the right way. Amen. But secondly, though, and, and, and talking about leaders bad and good, we, we've talked about God and the shepherds, but let's look at God and the sheep. This is a, a good portion of what we're going to talk about here. And Ezekiel 34, 11, uh, we see He will gather them. Now why does He have to gather them? Because of bad leadership, they've been scattered. Because of bad choices, and bad uh, direction they have been scattered. And you know, when we look at Ezekiel's prophecy, I want you to think for a moment. We look at this prophecy. This is really dealing with the whole house of Israel, and it's really their history. Their history from the rebellion, from Babylon forward to the very coming of the kingdom. And, and you say, well, how can, how can that be history, Pastor Jerry? Because some of that has not yet happened. But in God's Economy in his way, it's history. He's declared it to be just as it will be. 
And now from where we sit in our place in time and history, we're looking back on 2,500 years of history alone. It is past history for us. And the accuracy of God's Word is very uh, acute. Very acute. Very accurate. The remaining prophecies deal with the coming king and the kingdom. And we're, we're very much on the cusp of those events. Somebody say amen. Well, let's look at Ezekiel uh, 34.11. We'll see him gathering them. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep, and I will seek them out. Who's going to seek them out? What's the Scripture say in the New Testament? Jesus said, I will build my church, and what? The gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will build my church. Now, what is the mission of the church of Jesus Christ here on this earth? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the main point of this. We are here to co-labor with the Lord building His church. The church exists as a place to worship God alone, a place to reach out to the lost, and a place to train the saints, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. What is my job? My job is simply, I am a servant of the Lord to equip you, the minister, to do what you can do in this world for Christ. To co-labor with Him, building His kingdom. I'm not, I'm not the servant of God to rule over you. Okay, that's not my... I'm one of you called by God to equip you. And, and one of the things that we do, I do in equipping, I give you information from the Word you take that information and apply it. And I do whatever I can to help you understand it so that you can apply it. Uh, that's, that's my function, and, and only my function. Now, the church takes care of me, okay, financially, but I don't come here to uh, exploit the church or, or steal from the church. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, that goes on. That's a part of being a bad leader, okay? And the church has been gracious to me and my wife. They've taken care of us. And we do what we can to feed you, the sheep. Amen? Uh, good, uh, balanced words. Sometimes it's not popular. It's not something you want to hear. But I'm not here to be popular. I'm here to give you what God gives me. and uh, So that you can grow and mature and become like Christ. The goal of the believer, every believer, is to measure the stature of the fullness of Christ. And God gives us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip you for the work of the ministry. Amen? So your ministry is to be a good leader. Amen? And we we, we're, we know what a good leader is when we contrast it with the bad ones. Okay? And that's what Ezekiel is doing here. But look, he says, the Lord is the one seeking out His flock when He is among His sheep and they have been scattered. So I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. That's a reference to the tribulation period, the time of Jacob's trouble. Now we're not yet quite there yet. But what we do know from other passages of Scripture is that Christ will gather all the Jews back into the land at the time of the end. And He will come back and rule over Israel as their king over all the earth, including the Gentiles. Amen? And it will be during this day of thick clouds and darkness that God will be moving. When the earth reaches its darkest hour, 
God is moving in salvation. Gathering each one of His lambs individually all over the earth. He's bringing them back to Himself. Amen? And that's the kind of God that we serve. Now I think about this as it relates to the Jewish people. And this is so true. But I look at Him as my shepherd also and how He reached out to me in time and space. I go back 40 years ago, He sought out me. Who am I? But He sought me out as, as one of His own. He called me by name and He gave me salvation. Hallelujah. He said, follow me. Follow me. Did you, have you heard His voice? Have you heard His call? Amen. That's what He's in. That's what He's doing. He's building over time. Somebody says, why? Why does God let all these things go on and happen like they are? Why does God not intervene? I was talking to someone last night. He said, why does God let that nuclear guy over in Korea set off that H-bomb? Why does God let that? Why, why does He let... He, he said, why does He let the hurricane hit all them innocent people in Houston? Those are good questions. But you got to look at the big picture. There's coming a day when He's going to forbid that. He's going to stop all of that. Right now we're in a, a difficult time. We're in a time of testing. We're in a time of choosing. And what He's doing is He's gathering sheep. Over the last 2,000 years, He's been calling men and women all over the world. Follow me. Follow me. You know, you think you saw Him out? You didn't seek Him out. He said, no man can come to me, but yet the Father must draw Him. He didn't come Kent, you didn't go looking for God. He come looking for you. He done run you down, brother. <laughs> Kept me going long, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost all over me. Man, I got this. I, I need to get saved. Where'd that come from? Jesus. Jesus searching your hearts, searching your eyes. He's trying to bring you into His kingdom. Amen. Into the fold, gathering you. You know, no matter what we go through in life, the difficulties we go through, Sister Eleanor, it's God. He's the shepherd. He's going to care for us. Amen. Ultimately, like Job, even if He slays us, we're going, to, we're going to serve and praise Him because we know ultimately that we're going to be raised up to be with Him. So what can what can happen to us? What can befall us? Hey, no way, man. Take your best shot, devil. Because that's all you're going to get. I'm going to be living with Him forever and ever and ever and eternity. No more suffering, no more pain. But in the suffering and in the pain and in the thick darkness in the clouds, He's there. And he's, he's rescuing. He's rescuing His sheep. And what a beautiful picture we have in Ezekiel and in the Bible. Amen. Jesus is the Good Shepherd. He's going to bring them back. He said, I'm going to feed them on the mountains of Israel. I'm going to feed them by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I'm going to feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, I will bring back the strayed, I will bind up the injured, I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy, and I will feed them in justice. So we see He gathers the sheep and dispenses justice on those who had harmed them, those who had enriched their lives at their expense. 
You know, we live in a world today where they're still trying to take land away from Israel. Even as I speak, the United Nations and others trying to take land from it and give it to another people. God says, I'm going to rescue them and save them. They're going to dwell in the land and they're going to be secure. And I'm going to be their king. And I'm going to rule over them. I'm going to be their God and they're going to be my people. Somebody say amen. That's the word of God, friend. Now you either believe the word or you don't. I believe the word. I believe he's going to do what he says because he is God. And that's his plan. Now how does God plan to reach the whole world through Israel? He's never changed his plan. He said, well, I thought he was going to make everybody in the church. No. The church is a unique people being called out of both Jew and Gentile. And once we're taken home, we call that the rapture. The first resurrection. We'll always be with the Lord by his side. When he comes back to Israel to rule, we're going to rule with him. Do you see that? What's going to happen to the rest of the world, Kent, after, after we're taken to heaven? Is he done with the human race? No, they're going to go on. We're just going to be with him as his, quote, bride by his side to rule with him. We're going to be supernatural humans, resurrected humans. They're still going to be natural humans living on earth. And he pictures himself as the shepherd over his sheep, over Israel, not just Israel. Remember that scripture? Jesus said he used this language a lot in the Bible. He said that I have sheep who are not of this fold. Now if you're familiar with Mormon theology, they appropriate that scripture rather wrongly, I might add, saying that he was talking about the Mormon shepherds. No, he was talking about Gentiles. He was telling the Jewish disciples, the apostles, he said, you're not the only sheep that I have. I have sheep from another fold, and that would be the Gentiles. Somebody say amen. We're a whole different program for God, amen? We're grafted into the blessing and promises of Israel. We're not the original inheritors of the promise. But God, through His mercy and grace, because of their rejection of Jesus, He's turned to us for a time. Until that time of the Gentiles is fulfilled, he's calling out a people, a unique people, sheep. Amen. And uh, when he's done, he's going to he's going to come back to Israel. The world will go on. There'll be natural babies born during that time. When Christ returns and sets up the millennial reign, that's going to go for a thousand years. How many people will be born? in that thousand years. How many have been born, think about it for a minute, in the last thousand years? You know, I was told, and I don't know, but I mean, I, I believe my numbers are correct, and they may, they may need to be verified, but the, the point will be, should be well taken is that when Jesus came, I think the population of the world was 200 million. 200 million. Do you know what the population of the world is right now? Seven plus billion. Two hundred million. There are 
370 million live in the United States. 375. How many will be born during the reign? With, with this, this is there going to be in that thousand years? There will be no wars, no no famine, no. It, it, it could reach how it could reach 10, 20 billion. I don't know. You know, I'm just speculating. That's just a wild guess. I, I have no clue. But think about that. And these people will have had no testing from Satan because he's bound. That's why he's loosed at the end. So I said, why preacher is he loosed? Because people have to have uh, make a decision. They have to have they have to have a choice between what? Good and there'll be a final rebellion. It won't last for a very short period of time. And then there'll be the great white throne judgment and the second resurrection. Then we have a new heaven and a new earth and an eternity to look forward to with God. What God's going to show us what it's like to live under a good leader. We've already seen bad, have we not? How many have a belly full of that? Some folks take the idea, well, I just don't even, I'm not even going to turn on the television. I don't want to hear no news. Why? It's always bad, right? It seems like it's always something negative. It's always something bad. Others turn it on, they just get inflamed and irritated and angry all the time. You know, doesn't help, does it? Either way, uh, putting your head in the sand or getting inflamed, we have to have a biblical understanding of what's going on. And has been going on. Amen? And we see He's going to gather them. He is going to judge them. Look at verse 17. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats, it is not enough for you to feed on the good pasture that you must tread down with your feet the rest of the pasture and to drink of clear water that you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet. And must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I myself will judge between the fat and the lean sheep because you push with side and shoulder and thrust at all the wheat with your horns Till you have scattered them abroad, I will rescue my flock, and they shall no longer be a prey, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. Now what's he saying here? He's talking about bad and good leaders. He's talking about judging between the sheep. Now leaders are sheep. Some of them wouldn't, you'd never know it. <laughs> By the way they act, they, they put themselves on a pedestal. That should never happen. Humility is the way of the man of the woman of God. Humility, not pride. Not arrogant. Trump, though a billionaire, doesn't act like one, does he? He gives it away. He talks to people like they're, they're real human beings. He doesn't Obama would get on television. Everything, every speech was condescending. He's looking down at everybody when he would speak. You church folks, are, he would make fun of the Bible. You know, he would make fun. Just look at something. Google on some of the. Uh, Speeches on YouTube. And what is he saying here? He said, "I'm going I'm to judge you people for what you've been doing." Now you know we had one senator came out of the hospital to put that help put that Obamacare deal in the in the grave. And you know who that was? 
You think he's a good man? But based on his works? Made it important. Now see, God will deal with that. Not you and me, not us, not us. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. Everything the president's done is wrong. Did you know that, Jim? Everything he's done is wrong. But nothing they do is wrong. Isn't that amazing? God said, I'm going to deal with that. Now, you know what they do? And I notice he used the illustration that the fat sheep is the ones that's the bad leaders. Okay? They come up to the to the emancipated one and boot their shoulder, they shove on the side of him. And they take and drink. Oh, that's power water. You get out of here. They drink. They take all the, they take the pasture. They take the water. Then they step all in the water. Can you imagine the good sheep go down to drink his own mud? The only thing left for them is they, why didn't you just let him drink? But you had to step in and ruin everything. You had to shove him aside so that you could take and you could just grow fat. What happens when you get too fat? You, you get unhealthy. Come on. So we got these leaders. Now, how do you have a politician who works for the government? Retire multi-millionaire. They had an article yesterday. You, again, you verify. You have a computer at home. You go up and Obama, how Obama, Martha's Vineyard. He just spent like $30 million buying an empty lot on Martha's Vineyard. You know what Martha's Vineyard is? For the Kennedy family, you know, yeah. part of some of the real, real rich white folks live. Now, the president who identifies as a black man, okay, is not living with the black people. He's living with the very expensive white. How do you, a politician, have thirty million dollars to buy an empty lot? Where did you come over there? Does anybody? We we worry about. You know, we want to see his taxes. We want to. They they want to see Trump's taxes, but they don't want to see the other guy. Do you have a problem with that? Preacher, you talking about popcorn. Zika talking about it right there in the book. Come on. And God pays attention to that stuff. Someone raise your taxes. Now remember they, they're supposed to cut he, he came in and said, I'm gonna cut taxes. Have they cut taxes? They won't let him. They won't let him cut taxes. He came in, he said, I'm gonna get all the businessmen together with these top corporations that we're gonna work on some things. Then when they find out he was going to tax them, they walked away from him. He said, well, I'll meet you anyway. If you do the right thing, people get mad at us. Why did they walk away from him? Because he's a bad guy? They were shaking his hand a few months earlier. No, he said, you're, going to have to pay. you're not going to be able to exploit the people like you have been doing. Now, you know, to us... We don't look to men and leaders, whether in the church, hopefully, and in the world itself, as our heroes and those who are going to bring salvation to us. Okay, It's not going to happen. But God will use leaders to illustrate the point He wants the people to get across to. Okay, And that's what He's doing here in America. This, to, to you and I, we're glad to see 
justice being served. Hello? Amen. Yes. But do you know to them, this is judgment. It's judgment. Call me. It came out this week. The president tweeted it. That's the guy who's the head of the FBI that Trump released. Come to find out, he wrote letters of exoneration to Hillary before there was any case mail. Public knowledge now. Kobe's going to go to the court now. He's going to have the answer for that. That's called jail time. A good man, righteous rule, the people rejoice. You know what the Bible says? When the wicked are in rule, what happens? The people groan. We look into the kingdom. Somebody say amen. When the righteous one comes. He's going to judge. And that's what we see him doing. And Christ will come to rule. Look at verse 23. We're almost there, I promise. And I will set up over them, that is, the flock, the Israel, the whole house of Israel, my servant David, he shall feed them, he shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord, I have spoken. Is the Lord going to do it? I think he reiterates there, I am the Lord, and I have spoken. It's going to happen. Mark it down. What's going to happen? Well, Israel's going to be regathered. How many know back in 1948 we saw a big ingathering of Israel back into the land? Since then, they're the largest fruit producer in the Mediterranean. It was a desert. Seven years ago, a desert producing nothing. Mark Twain went there in the 1900s and said, This is a wasteland. Nobody can live here. Nobody will ever inhabit this again. Wrong. God is fulfilling His word to them. And now, there are still, there are, I believe, six to seven million Jews living in Israel today. There are 22 million Jews worldwide still in the world. Do you know the Bible says at the time that they will all be in the land? How's that going to happen? Well, I'm not God, but I, I can probably guess if we look at how the first batch got there, was World War II displaced them from their homes and they had nowhere to go. Something will happen in the world we're in now that will cause the Jews to say, we need to get out of here. We need to go back to the homeland because there's no, we're not welcome. Yes. Now it's been happening. Uh, that was probably, John, as you mentioned that, that's probably one of the biggest things that took place Remember the fall of the Soviet Union in the in the late 80s? And with the perestroika and glasnost and all of that? What many people failed to realize that so many Jews from the Soviet ex-Soviet Union went, in, went back to Israel during that time. See, God moves in the dark cloud, in the dark day. And there's yet one big dark day yet to come. It's called the time of Jacob's trouble. It's just up ahead. Well, we... we I, I don't know. We'll go find out. Amen. We're going to find out. We don't know, but we'll, we'll find out. But we're looking at all of that. It'd be very foolish not to understand those prophecies uh, in our day if they certainly can't be fulfilled. But we'll find out. We'll see.
I know we are close by looking at the other conditions in the world that we're in. Uh, very close. But we see He's going to come and rule them. And he has spoken it. And lastly, He's going to prosper them. Look at verse 25. I will make with them a covenant of peace and banish wild beasts from the land. Now, what is the characteristic of the millennial reign? According to Isaiah, the lion will lay down with the and the little child will play over the hole of the poisonous snake. Amen. He's telling you right here, I'm going to banish wild beasts from the land so that they may dwell securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. How would you guys like to go sleep out in the woods or in the desert? No, I don't think so. You know, a lot of wild beasts out there, not to mention them big skeeters that they'd have been geoengineering. Come on now. The Lord said, I'm going to make it safe. You can just lie down right in the middle of the desert. You can lie down in the woods. And you don't have to worry. I'd be worried about the wild bears or the wild, you know, snakes, things like that. God said, no, it's going to be safe. Now notice that the predecessor, one of the other bad leaders who comes to make a false covenant with Israel just before this takes place, he guarantees them what? Peace and security or safety. Peace and security. Now, I want to ask you a question. If you see how sharp you've been. This is a pop quiz. Okay. What did the UN declare 2017 to be? What's the official slogan of 2017? Peace and safety. Peace and safety. Come September 21st. Uh -huh. Peace and safety. Coming up. Was it uh, 2000, uh, September, what we call two, September? Peace and safety. Now what does Paul say in Thessalonians that when they saw say peace, peace and safety, what? Sudden destruction. Sudden destruction comes on them as a woman in labor in travail. And they shall not escape. Now, we was in here on Sunday school. Would you see the fellow showing the graphs on the woman in labor and everything? You know, that's a theme in the Bible, man. Come on. Coming up. Coming up. What does that sign mean? Well, it just means what it says it means. Now, I mean, we don't know what will happen on that day. Nobody does. But something to take note of. But notice uh, the enemy makes a, a covenant of peace and safety with the Jewish people for a seven year period. And he breaks that covenant three and a half years into it. And then it becomes a day of dark clouds and doom. But we see Jesus taking that opportunity to gather his sheep back into the land to protect them. Somebody say amen. amen. And uh, John even he reiterates that. He says there's a I've prepared a place for the woman in the wilderness and the enemy will cast a great flood out of his mouth to destroy them, but I will make them safe. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Here he is come back as the king to rule over his people and ultimately the nations of the world and he makes them a covenant of peace. You know what the covenant is that God makes with Israel? You know what that covenant is? I want you to take a guess. Ezekiel used these words. He said, I will take the stony heart out of you 
and put in a heart of flesh. I will walk inside of you and be your God and you will be my people. What does that sound like to you that God is going to do with the Jewish people? What did God do for you? The covenant they're going to come into, you know what covenant it is? It's the same covenant you and I have in terms of the blood of Jesus Christ. He's going to take away the covenant and replace the old, the Mosaic covenant. They have one year of law yet. One seven year period of law. Sacrifice of law. He's going to do away with that and institute the new covenant with His people. Jesus said, He said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man, does that include the Jews and Gentiles? No man comes to the Father but by me. Zechariah, their prophet, said that all Israel will be saved even as in a day. The day of the Lord. They're going to come to faith in their Messiah. They're going to look at Him whom they pierced, the Bible says, and say, where did you get those wounds? And they'll see His side. Where did you? He said, in the house of my brothers. I'm Jesus, you crucified me. And the Bible says what? They're going to wail for Him and mourn for Him as an only son. The eyes will be open, and they'll realize He is Jesus. The Mashiach, the one who came to save has he been silent for, 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 for 2,000? No, he's been calling people like you and me to follow him. He's been working. He's been, are we co-laboring with him as good shepherds? Amen? Bringing people in. Being a light. Being salt. Taking this information and giving it to others that need to have it. Really, that's what we're doing. I'm equipping you as God equips me. So that you can be His witnesses. Amen. You know one of the great things about the day we're in is that when we begin to strike up conversation with folks, I don't care where you're at, on your job, with relatives, if you understand the book, you can reach them for Jesus. If you don't, you're very limited in, in what you're able to do. And uh, today, it's not hard to go anywhere and strike up a conversation. Did you see that guy over there in North Korea elect that pot? Well, let me tell you about Jesus. What he's going to do, he's going to come back and straighten that thing right on out. Huh? Don't be like, what's going on? Oh, I don't understand. Don't blame me now. Come on. Giving you, I'm giving you information. Amen. He's going to make a covenant. He's going to bless them. And places all around His hill will be a blessing. He's going to send down, look at this beautiful promise, the showers in their season, and there shall be showers of blessing. Ooh, glory to God. I mean, remember that song. You know what I'm talking about. Showers of blessing. Come right out of the book of Ezekiel. You know that means something to people who, who live off the land and who, who rely on the land? You know, you rain and you see, we were in Sunday school and the fellow was talking about one of the curses that come upon a society when they reject God is famine. It's drought. And God is telling the Israelites, I'm going to bring showers of blessing down upon you. 
in its season. You're going to have rain. You're going to have growth. You're going to have produce and productivity. And it shall be showers of blessing. And the trees of the field will yield their fruit. The earth shall yield its increase. And they shall be secure in the land. And they shall know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and deliver them from the hand of those who enslave them. They shall no more be a prey or victims to the nations, nor shall the beasts of the land devour them. They shall dwell securely, and none shall make them afraid. And I will provide for them renowned plantations, so that they shall no more be consumed, so that they shall uh, in the land, and no longer suffer the reproach of the nations. They shall know that I am the Lord their God, and with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord God, and you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Lord. We see God's sovereignty over His people Israel. And these words that were written to us in the book of Ezekiel came at the dark hour of that nation. They had seemingly lost everything. Can you imagine, Alice, if you were living in Israel at that time, where you were exiled to Babylon as an Israelite, and here you read these words of blessing and hope, but yet you look around and what do you see? Darkness and gloom and destruction. You would think, how could this ever be? How could this happen? But here, you and I, some 2,500 years later, are reading these words, and we can look back over Israel's history and see, yes, that was a terrible time, a defining moment. Their sin and rebellion had brought God's judgment, but yet we've seen God's hand move in spite of that in that nation, even to the time of the world we live in today. Israel's back in the land. That's a monumental prophecy in 1947-8 when they came back in the land. And we've seen, uh, you know, 1967 and the, the recapturing of Jerusalem. We, we see the UN trying time and again to, to, to remove them to uh, the hatred and the terrorist attacks that have been going on over there. Yet God's hand is upon them. And ultimately we're going to see the total restoration. And that restoration of Israel is going to be the blessing to the whole world. The whole world. Amen. Hallelujah. That's His plan. We should be excited about that. And just as these are specific prophecies for a specific people, the principles, those that got Israel in trouble with their leaders, and those that we, we can apply that today. We can see it in motion today. It's sort of like laws of physics. You know, gravity. If I... If I throw up a coin, what's it going to do? Is it going to stay up in the air? Why? Gravity. Gravity. If you have good leaders, bad leaders, and they do the things that brought God's judgment then, if they do that now, what's going to happen? Is God just going to ignore it? No. Same principle. Same principle applies. At the turn of the century, and I thought this was a neat little illustration I want to give you this as we conclude. Someone asked General William Booth of the Salvation Army what the chief, chief dangers of the coming hundred years would be. So this is in 1900, and we've already been 117 years since then. General Booth, Salvation Army. 
Listen to what he says here. What are the chief dangers? He said this, religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, heaven without hell, and politics without God. I think William Booth's prediction was 100% spot on. The rulers of Israel made the mistake of thinking they could govern on the basis of politics without God. You know, we have seen in our culture and in our nation the conscious idea and effort to remove God from all mention, not only in uh, we saw on the Democrat platform a few years back where they wanted to remove God. We saw where they would not pray in the name of Jesus. What did President Trump do in his inauguration? He had more prayers by more preachers and rabbis, and those preachers was naming the name of Jesus. Amen. Infuriated the left wing. Come on now. I love that. Praise God. Somehow in our time and in our generation, and you know this to be true, we hear spouted all time and again, particularly from the progressives on the left, separation of church and state. Separation of church and state. Well, that was uh, written in a letter by Thomas Jefferson and it's taken completely out of context by the left, the left wing progressives and appropriated in a, in a totally improper manner. Thomas Jefferson never wanted the republic to be a godless republic. As a matter of fact, our founding fathers based the nation on Christian principles. And our constitution was founded on Christian principles. And the nation was never to be a nation without God. And when we do away with God, that's when we get problems. We see all kinds of problems in our country today because of that. Now, you and I both are not into we we are Christians, amen. We we don't you and I we don't and we can't shove Jesus down anybody's throat. That's right. And nor would I try. God doesn't shove anything down your throat, does he? Whosoever will let it come. That's true Christianity. You know, we're not here to, to impose a theocracy on the United States, but we need we need to look to God. And I thank God right now. I mean, we have a president that's doing some good things. And we we need to support him. Uh, this is a national day of prayer that he called for, our leader in our country, and we're gonna obey that. So I'm gonna say amen. And and we're gonna do what we can here at New Hope Assembly to take up an offering as small as it may be or as big as it is. We're going to send it to those in uh, need in Texas and do our part and we're going to thank God, amen, for uh, all that all that we have. You know, we want to do our part. Amen. You know, before we take it upon ourselves to berate our political leaders for selfishness and materialism, and that's what kind of I've done, 
pointing out things that I see going on. But we need to remember this. We ought to ask ourselves whether we are not greedy and materialistic just like they are. Come on now. How much are we entitled to criticize our politicians and others if we do nothing to improve conditions in our world? We, we live in a nation of armchair quarterbacks, don't we? <laughs> Ezekiel is not merely writing about Hezekiah and other long departed Israelite rulers, nor in his message, is his message aimed merely at modern presidents and kings and dictators. This passage is written for us. What we read today is for us. In a democratic government like the United States, we who vote are the ruling class. Did you know that? Under monarchy, under kings, under that, the people really have no choice. But we, we are, we the people. Do you hear that? We vote. We're the ruling class. We are in control. If the people who represent us are crooked and conniving, if they are extravagant and wasteful, are they? Come on. We can vote them out of office. Hello? Isn't that a novel idea, Rod? We can vote them out of office. Do you know they're supposed to serve the people? We're not supposed to serve them. They remain in power only because a majority of the common people are content merely to cluck their tongues and do nothing else. That's why they get away with it. People can write letters to their senators and representatives, and I encourage you to do that. And when enough of us do that, they usually get the results that we need. People can work to elect the right candidate, especially in primary elections, though it may be uh, an uphill battle uh, defeating a large political machine. But it can be done. Look at President Donald Trump. He ran against both the Democrat Party and most of the Republican Party. And in spite of there, they, they, another poll uh, came out at Chicago, big headline in the news, Chicago. Uh, I figured 14,000 fraudulent votes were picked up in Chicago. Doesn't surprise me. In spite of all the fraud, I don't know how many dead people voted in Philadelphia, Kent. I mean, there was quite a few. He still won. They couldn't believe he won. How did he win? We, because God, God intervened, and He's exposing them for what they are. God's about to do some things in this world. We need to look up. Withdrawal from society is no mark of spirituality. I ain't gonna get into politics. I'm gonna stay away from. It. No, 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 no. Keeping hands off civic affairs is no evidence of godliness. Christ wants His people to be lights and salt in the community, exerting for good whatever influence we can muster. Meanwhile, we as Christians can look with eagerness to the one shepherd whom God will send to rule over this earth in peace and in righteousness. We may be confident that after people have fouled up the world, 
until they're hopelessly lost in their mess that they have produced, I might add, the Lord will take over and the city of God is going to appear. Not built by men's hands, but descending from heaven, Revelation 21. It is appropriate that the prophet Ezekiel should preface his messianic prophecy with a description of the shortcomings of human rulers and human nature. And really the contrast between the shortcoming of human rulers and the perfection of the divine ruler is very striking. It's really character. That's what the issue is. The sad results of human rule are evident all around us. And the blessed results of Christ's rule we have promised in His Word. That's that this morning. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.